Well, hello, and welcome to the Perspective Podcast, where we explore money through a spiritual lens. I'm Elle, a certified financial planner and a witchy old soul who just so happens to be going through a spiritual awakening myself. I launched this podcast to provide practical tips for stepping into your own wealth, purpose, and sovereignty as you navigate your own spiritual awakening. I lean on my own experiences in finance to look at money through the lens of energy, spirituality, science, and intuition. You'll gain financial knowledge to step into your soul's highest purpose and prosperity through a combination of episodes focused purely on financial terms, but also we'll explore a variety of spiritual topics as they relate to your money and wealth. If you're ready to step into ease and flow in your financial life and let that ripple across every single aspect of your life, stay tuned. Hello, friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Perspective Podcast. It's really hard for me to believe that we're on episode number 27 already because in my mind, I feel like it's only been a few months. But when I look back, I realize that I started this podcast towards the end of 2021. And here we are already into July. And I'm so grateful for all of you and for the wonderful people that I've met through this connection, this space. And if you have anybody in mind you think would be a good fit for the podcast, I'd love to hear it. Feel free to uh, send me a DM on Instagram or an email, spiritualperspectivepodcast at gmail.com. Um, today, we have a really exciting guest on because I've been wanting to dive in to human design a little bit deeper. If you'll remember, we've already had one episode on this with the amazing Levin. I wanted to bring on someone who has a focus specifically on money mindset. And I discovered Taylor fairly recently and knew that Taylor Eaton would be perfect to bring on the podcast because she is a money mindset expert and human design coach. And I just love everything she has to say about human design and how it impacts our money and our ability to manifest our deepest desires. She's been through all of this herself. She's utilized human design to build a business fairly quickly in a way that supports her energetic type, which I think is really powerfully important because when you realize that maybe you don't work the way that other people do, you can start to harness your own strengths. But if you don't know your strengths, it's difficult to know how to harness them, right? And so human design can actually help you discover what those strengths are. So we get into detail around the bodied graph in human design. We talk about her own journey to awakening and building her business and the struggles that she encountered, but also understanding gates and channels a little bit more and how to look at the body graph, how to use the gates and channels to better understand and recognize your own strengths and even understand others through human design. So I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation. Um, Just a little life update from me. I'm going through a bit of a rebrand with my business. So you might notice soon that I'm going to be changing the name of my Instagram handle and my website to better reflect what I do, which is teach people about money from an energetic perspective. But I also am a financial planner and I do a lot of deep work with clients in relation to money. If you are thinking about financial planning, if you're thinking about talking to someone about your money, there's really not a better time because a lot of people are in scarcity and fear right now. And without further ado, let's get into the podcast with Taylor Eaton. Taylor, thank you so much for coming on the Perspective Podcast. I'm really excited to have you on today. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me on. Yeah, I thought you would be a really great fit for the podcast since you also kind of explore uh, human design and money and Mm -hmm. very, very much along the lines of what I do. And I think what you do is really unique. I haven't met a ton of people who combine the two, you know, obviously human design is blowing up and exploding and getting popular, but the way that you weave it in with money and entrepreneurship is really interesting to me. So 
Um, I'd love to hear a little bit about how you got into this work and kind of your story of how you um, found human design. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, and it's funny when you say, you know, you don't see many other people doing this and that's exactly why I started mm-hmm. talking about human design money, because I was looking for someone to kind of connect those two for me and I didn't see anyone doing it. So then I did it. Right. So the way that I kind of fell into the human design world was, um, completely by accident. And it started, it started just over four years ago. And I was at the time I was starting my own business. I was working in a eight to five job, um, and wanting to create more time and financial freedom for myself. Um, and I just, I remember, you know, I started out as a virtual assistant and that was kind of how my business started. And I thought maybe I can do some of the similar work that I do in the office, but I can do it online and I can do it with the clients I want to work with. And I can do it on my schedule. And then as I started doing a little bit of virtual assistant work and started working particularly with coaches, I was like, wow, this work is so powerful and what they're doing is so powerful. I want to be a coach. So then I started out as like kind of a general life coach, helping people figure out what they were passionate about. Um, And then from there, I transitioned into more business coaching. And then after doing that for a while, I kind of started getting into human design. And it was funny because early on, even when I was just starting out becoming a life coach, I had had, you know, like a, a discovery call, whatever you want to call it with, with a coach who I didn't end up working with, but she mentioned something and she said, have you heard of human design? And I was like, no, what is, I didn't, I hadn't heard of it. And I was a somewhat spiritual person, but I, I had always been very like, you know, rational, very logical, you know, all these things. And she was like, oh, well I can pull up your chart for you. If you want some of your birthday info. And I did. And she sent me this weird chart and I was like, you know, after the call and I was like, I don't know what this is. And I just dismissed it. But I kept seeing it come up in different Facebook groups I was in and different places in the online space. And I kept seeing, you know, human design, it would be every couple months, I'd see something about it. And I was like, oh yeah, that's that thing that coach sent me this weird chart about, I don't know. And I finally, I don't even know what it was that made me start researching it, but I think I saw, you know, enough posts about it, enough people talking about it, that I started kind of looking into it. And I was like, what is this? And everything just kind of started to click into place. And I started doing my own research into it and finding that it was, you know, it's a spiritual modality. It's a spiritual tool. Um, It's kind of an amalgamation of a bunch of different, much older spiritual, you know, wisdoms and, and, and teachings. And as I started looking into it, I started finding a lot of permission that I was looking for in terms of how I, how I could run my business, right? Like that permission to not sell a certain way or that permission to do things a way that I wanted to do it. Right. And the more I started looking into it, the more I started realizing it was more than anything, a really powerful kind of reflection to me of all the different ways I'd been holding on to a lot of limiting beliefs, a lot of stories around what I was capable of and what I wasn't. And a lot of stories of how I had to go about being successful and why this was so powerful for me was because I was running my business in a way where I felt like I was spinning my wheels. Like I was seeing some growth, seeing a little bit of progress, seeing, you know, this very slow growth, but it was nowhere where I wanted it to be. And I was starting to feel really burned out by my business, which the whole point was to create a business where I wouldn't feel burned out because I was burned out in the office. Right. And so when I started looking into human design, I started looking into my design in particular and realizing that the way I had grown up being taught to quote unquote work or do things wasn't actually aligned per human design. Right. And I was kind of spinning my wheels and not seeing the results I wanted because I was trying to operate the way the rest of the world works and my design, I'm a projector in human design. Mm-hmm. I'm not supposed to work the way the most of the world works. Right. And so it all started to make sense. And when I started kind of just testing out some of the things it was saying and some of the practices and some of the ways to approach work, I started to see so much more money coming in. I started to see so many more clients. I started to see my business just kind of explode. And I was like, oh my gosh, like not only does this feel better to me and I'm actually doing business in a way that I've kind of always wanted to, but didn't know was possible. But now I have this external kind of permission slip. It also was yielding the results I wanted. And so that's when I was like, okay, this is something I need to learn more about. And from there, I took, you know, some different programs, did more and more research, actually started learning how to read charts, how to become a human design reader. Um, And then I kind of tentatively, I was still business and money mindset coach. And at that point, I kind of tentatively started 
offering readings to my audience and they just sold out immediately and people love them. And we started going from there. And then, like I said, as, as I kind of got deeper into the human design rabbit hole, I was kind of like, I want to know more about specifically human design and business and human design and money. And there just wasn't much out there at that point. Mm -hmm. And that's when I was kind of like, well, I'm going to do all the deep research and I'm going to start creating the content I wish was out there. So that's incredible. Well, it's interesting because you're a projector. I'm a projector as well. And I feel that way about human design. It helped me, I think, give myself permission to work differently. Whereas mm-hmm. prior to discovering human design, I feel like a lot of projectors think there's just something wrong with us because yeah. we don't quite fit into the typical societal norms or we get burned out easily. Right. You feel like, okay, there's just something wrong with me, you know, but we're not actually cut out to work in the same way as a generator or a manifesting generator or exactly else. And so, yeah, it gave me permission as well to sort of delve into a different way of working, a different way of being. And I'm Mm -hmm. very much on the beginning stages of, you know, figuring all that out with my business, but um, it's really amazing that you're able to offer that to people and then incorporate the money side because, you know, I definitely, there's not many people out there doing that. Mm-hmm. And I think there's so much there with money because money is so nuanced and we all have our own money stories. And it makes sense that if a projector is going to be making money totally differently than a generator or a manifester, you know, so oh, I love that. Yeah. Well, and really human design, I feel like human design is something that we can apply to almost every area of our life. Cause all it is, is doing, like you said, it's just give, it's, it's a way for us to introspect and to say, okay, where am I looking for permission? Where can I give myself permission to actually do what feels good to me, period. That's really at the end of the day, what I think human design does for us. It helps us kind of trust ourselves and give ourselves that permission we're looking for. And we can do that in any area of our life. But yeah, why I love doing this around money is because like you said, that's where we have so many of those nuanced limiting beliefs and so many of those money stories. And it's something that is so layered and so deep rooted within each of us in different ways. And again, it's just, you know, human design, it's something I take with a grain of salt, even though I am a human design expert and this is what I do for a living. It's something I always tell people, I'm like, this is just a tool. This is just another tool we have in our toolbox to help us, especially when it comes to money, untangle all the, you know, beliefs and subconscious programming we picked up throughout our lives that are kind of getting in the way of us having the abundance we desire, right? Absolutely. And so did you, did you come up against a lot of those beliefs and limiting beliefs yourself in your first couple of years of business? Oh yeah. Um, starting out, how did that go? And, and when you found human design, kind of how did that shift? I'd love to hear more about that. Like the blocks that you were experiencing. Yeah. So for me, I felt, you know, the, the, the kind of, there's been, there's been so many, but the, the big ones that I experienced were, you know, just around money in general were things like money's hard to come by and it's even harder to hold on to. That was something I'd seen modeled by my parents when I was growing up, you know? Um, And then also just this idea of if you work hard enough, you'll make money, right? And so for me, it was always, and I think this is a very common one, right? I had this story and it it was why I pushed myself so hard in school and in the professional world and why I was burning out constantly and feeling exhausted was because I was constantly, if I didn't see the results I wanted, like the success or the money, I would just push harder. I would just say, okay, you just have to work more hours. You just have to do more than you're already doing. And I was doing so much. Right. And yet the money wasn't coming. And I was, it was, I was still struggling. And I was struggling with like hundred thousand dollars of debt after having gone to, to college and to grad school and to, you know, these different things. And I just couldn't figure out, I was like, I'm working so hard. I must not be doing enough. And that's why the money isn't coming. And so that's how I, I carried that into my business. Right. And so when I started my business and the money a little bit was coming, but it wasn't as much as I wanted or needed. And I kept telling, I I had this subconscious story playing on loop that was like, well, you just need to work harder. You just need to put in more hours. You just need to post more to social media. You just need to reach out to more people and cold message more people. You just need to get on more sales calls, right? Like, and that's the thing about entrepreneurship, especially is there's always more you can do, especially when you're like a one person show, right? Especially when you're starting out, there's always more you could potentially do, but time, what I've learned and what human design helped me see and shift was that we have this belief that time equals money. And that's not necessarily true because if that's all it took to make money. We'd all just put in a bunch of hours of work and have a, a ton of money, but some people put in a ton of hours of work and have no money. Some have a bunch of money. Some do very little work and have a bunch of money or no money, right? Like there's not this direct correlation to how hard or how long you work right. in relation to how much money you receive. And so that was where human design started to help me shift because I started to see as a projector, you know, as a projector, we're designed to 
guide more than be busy ourselves. Right. And so there's so many different layers of this just for projectors alone, but we're meant to be doing, you know, maybe three, maybe four hours of work a day. Right. And the rest of the time we're supposed to be learning so that we can better guide. We're supposed to be resting so that we have that energy to guide with. Right. And that's just not how our world is run because most of the world are generators and MGs and they can, when properly aligned, when they're excited about something, they can work endlessly. Right. Yeah. A lot of generators and MGs aren't doing what excites them. So they're, they're burned <laughs> out too. Right. But it's like, but that's, so it makes sense that that's the way our society is kind of structured, right. It's like work eight hours, do all this work hard and you'll make the money. And that, that applies if it's aligned for you for a lot of the population, but not for, for projectors, not for manifestors, not for reflectors. And so for me as a projector, what happened was when I started really leaning into my human design and looking at how I could apply it to my business and how I could apply it with money, I started to realize I was like, oh, the whole reason I'm not making the money I want is because I'm working so much and so hard and burning myself out. And I'm not actually, I don't have the energy to guide. I don't have the energy to learn more and to expand my zone of genius. I don't have the ability to really help guide people and be that powerful guide and step into that role. Instead, I'm just hustling. And that's not what my energy is here to do. And that's not how I'm wired. And I've just been fighting against it. And so when I kind of took a step back and actually, this was the hardest thing was deconditioning that need to be constantly hustling and instead actually fully relaxing and not just like physically taking time off from work, but also mentally relaxing and not mentally working, which was something I did all the time, like constantly going through things in my mind. When I actually learned to relax, the money started coming in. And, and, you know, in some ways this sounds very magical, but it's not, it was more that I would actually recharge in those moments when I was relaxing. And then when I did show up to my business, I was doing things more powerfully, more potently in ways that resonated with people more and was able to better sell what I had to offer and better able to serve my clients and guide them. Right. And so this was, you know, there's a lot of different areas working design helped me shift, but that was probably the biggest. And the first one was really kind of upending that deep rooted belief of like, I need to work hard to make more money. If I'm not making money, it's because I'm not working enough or working hard enough. And then when I started actually going in the opposite direction, that was when everything kind of started to shift. Which really just is a testament to the fact that we're all, that really the energy behind what you're doing is so much more powerful than Mm -hmm. anything else. It's just the intention and energy giving ourselves space to be in flow and have these downloads come in. Your zone of genius actually Mm -hmm. creates more success, which I'm finding, but I'm sort of still at the end of the phase where I'm deconditioning and my nervous system is still like whacked out from working way too much for the last decade and just grinding and hustling um, in a culture in the finance industry, which is 100% about going out and getting the clients and chasing people down and selling. Which is so unaligned for a projector period too. That's another thing that that outreach, that cold messaging and that cold selling, that was another thing for me was realizing that the way I'd been taught to sell by most other coaches was to initiate those conversations and to like pop into people's DMs and be like, Hey, let's start a conversation. And Hey, do you want to hire me? And just this cold outreach, which when you start to understand, at least for the design as a projector, that's completely unaligned. And at this point I don't do any cold messaging. I don't do any outreach. I don't do any, like it's everyone comes to me, right? Like that's how I have my business set up now, but it was the complete opposite at the beginning. And so it's funny. Yeah. That's probably hundred percent why you, why a big part, at least of why you probably wanted to leave right. your job in the exactly. finance sector. Cause you were kind of being expected to operate in a way that not only probably burned out your energy, but also just felt completely unaligned with having to, like you said, go out and find the clients and sell yeah. yourself to them. Yeah. I spent too long there and I got sick. So that's what yeah. happens to us too, right? Our bodies mm-hmm. start to shut down when we live out of alignment for so long. And I'm still unraveling that and working yeah. through the illness. And so for me, it's really important to take time for my body and love my body. And it's just taken months of deconditioning my nervous system to be comfortable spending, like you said, working three to four hours a day. And then the other half mm-hmm. of the day doing things, self-care things, you know, yeah. and it's funny because in the downloads and the insights for my business come in the off time, you know, when I'm not working, it comes exactly. when I'm a walk or meditating or whatever it is. So it's really interesting you say that because um, I'm not, I'm definitely not at the point in my business where every, everyone is just, you know, knocking on my door. Hey, I want you to work with me, but I can feel the shift in energy just in starting to, you know, focus like working less. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So I really, I resonate so much with everything you're saying. And I think that's where your messaging is just so on point on social media with um, talking to people in a way that they understand what you're saying, because you've been through it, like, especially with productions, you've been through all of it. So, and, but you also, you know, obviously have points of view from the generator and the manifesting generator Mm -hmm. manifestors and the reflectors as well, I'm sure. But Mm -hmm. um, it's fun to talk to another projector. Um, Yeah. Well, (laughs) and it's fun, right? Especially because as projectors, we like to feel seen and validated because that usually then leads to some sort of invitation, right? Because people see the value in us, they're validating us. And then they'll probably be like, oh, share your wisdom with me. Right. So it is when we, I feel like when we meet other projectors, especially who are in the same industry as us. And we start talking about like, oh, this is how it feels very to me work. Oh yeah. You burned out too. Like here, it's like, we feel very seen and very validated, which is something we're kind of always, always looking for on some level. Right. Definitely. But you mentioned, you know, other types, generators, Mm -hmm. um, manifesting generators, reflectors, they can all burn out as well when they're Mm -hmm. not living their in alignment as well. Yeah. We're not, not finding their joy. Yeah. And it's something that I honestly, this is probably one of the biggest things I run into with people that I work with or people who are taking my programs or in my audience. Um, at least when they're first starting out with human design, not everyone comes to me burned out, but I'd say the majority of people that I do private readings for the majority of people, um, especially in the entrepreneurial space who are trying to figure out how to use their design in their business and with money, a lot of them, most of them are coming to me and they're, they're burned out and they're like, you know, and it's because that's where I was. And I get it. It's like, you kind of turn to the different tools to things like human design to kind of find those answers, right. As to like, why am I burning out? And honestly, I don't, I don't think anyone needs human design in particular to fix this issue, but I think it's, it's a powerful system that's equipped to help reflect this back to us. Right. And so many people come to me regardless of their energy type. And they're like, I'm so burned out. And it's funny because I get a lot of generators and MGs coming to me who per human design are supposed to be able to work those eight hours a day and supposed to go, 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 go. And they're like, I don't understand. I'm a generator, but I'm burned out. And I'm like, well, yeah. Cause you can still burn out if you're not actually using your energy the way you're designed to, right? Like, yes, generators can work eight plus hours. My husband is a generator and he can work tirelessly for like, he could go all day and all night. He cannot sleep and not eat. Mm-hmm. If, if I didn't stop him, you know, like, be like, okay, you need to take a break now. Right. But like, he can keep going if he's excited by something, if it's lighting him up on a gut level. Right. And that's, that's, I think the key piece that a lot of generators and MGs are missing is that they need to be excited about what they're doing. And most people, when we talk about work, or business are approaching work or business in a way that doesn't excite them. Even if they like the industry they're in or the role they do, there's usually elements of it that kind of start to drain them. Right. And, you know, if they, if they're doing, you know, for example, I have generator clients who really want to write books, but instead they're taking on all these clients and they're burning out and they're like, I don't understand. I like what I do. I like my clients, but why is it? And I'm like, because this isn't the thing you're excited about right now. Right. Like, and so, yes, you're, you're going, but you're kind of your energy is not as powerfully kind of charged as it could be. And you're not fully living your design, which is where you just have to be doing what excites you. Right. And so a lot of that is for, you know, human design in those cases are, is for reflecting that, that permission to them, that it's safe to do what excites them. And it's, it's okay to pursue what excites you. And sometimes, even though it seems scary or seems like it won't make you the money, that's usually the path to the money or the success you're looking for. Right. Um, and there's a way to balance that where you don't want to just completely quit your job and you have kids at home and you have to, you know, you have to kind of sometimes baby step your way into that. Um, but that's, that's kind of, again, what I think human design is great for is helping us listen to ourselves and then trust that in our guidance, because we've been so conditioned not to trust that inner guidance, to look outside ourselves for the quote unquote logical answer or the rational way of doing things or the responsible way of doing things. But that's just something that's arbitrary, right? Like who says what's actually rational and what's logical for each person is very different, right? So- and I think a, also just that spiritual element, it's, human design is a gateway in, in, into the spiritual mm-hmm. side, which is what I love about it. And I think it's a gateway for people who have been in this practical, logical mindset like you and I for many years to start to realize that that's not all there is, even though it looks, you know, society makes it seem like that's all there is. There's this, we are multidimensional beings. And as we tap into that, we kind of go down the rabbit hole and that's why human design is so interesting. Cause it, I think it is totally a gateway for some people who've never been connected with their spiritual side before. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely really beautiful. And, and I haven't delved too much into like all of the nitty gritty details of the history of it, but it seems like, you know, it brings in a lot of elements of astrology and other 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it brings in um, Western astrology, the chakra system, I Ching, Kabbalah. Like it just, it brings all these different modalities together, um, which is, I think, I think it's very interesting and it's very complex when you get down into it. And there's, there's always deeper you can go with it because it's such a complex system. Um, but it also, you know, is its own, its own kind of creation from all those things. Right. Yeah. Well, let's, yeah, let's get into human design a little bit more. And, you know, I know I've, I've had the, the human design types defined before on the podcast, mm-hmm. but can you talk a little bit about the body graph and kind of how that feeds into human design? Cause I know it's a huge aspect of your readings, I'm sure is looking at the body mm-hmm. graphs, but we've never talked about that on the podcast before. Yeah. So the body graph is really, honestly, it's, it's kind of the core of human design in a way it's it's just that that visual representation of someone's human design right and so um for your listeners you can always you know google free human design chart you can go to you know different websites for free where you can just you just enter in your birth information and it pulls up your human design body graph and your body graph or your human design it's i kind of almost they're almost interchangeable right the body graph is just that visual representation of your design but it's determined by the exact date and time and location of your birth. And then from there, it also pulls information from exactly three months before your birth. And this creates the different kind of subconscious and conscious elements of our design. And so the body graph really is something that it's, when you look at it, it's completely unintuitive, right? You look at it and you're like, what am I looking at? This is how I'm a person with all these geometric shapes and lines and arrows. You want me and to pull colors. one up and we you can, can absolutely, yeah, you people. can absolutely screen share. Let's just like screen share for a second so people can see, because mm-hmm. I will share this on YouTube, which Perfect. I'm really terrible about sharing on YouTube, but hold on. Do you use a specific software to pull up the body graph or do you just use the free kind of? So I like, and I can also share my screen if I have the ability to do it. There we go. All right. This is just one that I pulled offline from myhumandesign.com. So I don't know if I really yeah. took this one. I, I mean, I assume they all are similar. They're all, so all the body graphs, if you're using an appropriate software, which my human design is totally fine. That's run by Jenna Zoe, who I love her. I love her approach with human design. Um, and she has this beautiful website too. So this is a great place to pull it up. I like using mybodygraph.com. Just they're free, but you can create an account. You can store tons of body graphs, which is great for someone who's doing readings like me or wants to keep looking at your, you know, your family and friends charts all the time and not having to repull them every time. Um, but yeah, all the, all the body graphs, you know, as long as they're actually done correctly and you're using a repeatable, you know, a, a good software for it, um, they'll all look the same. They, the colors might be different right on the charts because the colors don't really matter all that much people always ask me about that I'm like nope they're just <laughs> they're just there to help the eye differentiate it looks like we have um so just looking at your chart it looks like you have yeah it looks like the black those lines in black are going to be the, the personality side of your design so the things that you're more conscious of and the lines in the tan color mm-hmm. those these are our gates and channels right those are going to be um more of the gates and, and gifts and channels that are the subconscious part of your design, the design aspect of it. Okay. Um, but design side on the left yeah. is more of what's subconscious and then the mm-hmm. right personality is more external. Is that mm-hmm. more, more of what you're conscious about in terms of, and these are just your gates, you know, the kind of specific gifts that you are um, kind of more aware of within yourself. And I want to, I'm guessing that's, yeah that looks like how she set up the color configuration. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. um, But yeah, so this is, you know, looking at your chart, um, you know, this is when we look at this, those big, those geometric, you know, shapes throughout the chart, the triangles and the squares, um, those are your energy centers. And that's, you know, kind of different, those, you know, everything in your, in your chart, I kind of like to say carries inherent different gifts for you, right? But the combination of defined and undefined energy centers you have, so the ones that are colored in, the ones that aren't, the combination of them tells us more about how you can utilize your energy. It creates your energy type. It creates your authority, which is how you make decisions, right? Um, And there's just, there's so many layers to it. But yeah, we have your energy centers and then all the lines running between all of the energy centers are your gates and channels. And those are even, you know, more specific gifts and unique strengths and things like that. So, um, you talk a lot about the gates on your Instagram, what, which, um, it's great. It's beautiful. Yeah, (laughs) I do. Well, and it's funny because I think the gates and channels were something that I was so interested in when I actually started getting into human design. Once I'd learned about energy type and authority, which are kind of the, the basic starting points, I started, 
really getting curious about Gates. And I found that there weren't a lot of really great resources on Gates. There, there's so much out there. And a lot of the original human design teachings are, in my opinion, the languaging isn't really accessible. Um, it's very dogmatic. And I wanted to just know more about the Gates because to me, those just felt like the, the most magical parts of the design, right? Or the most magical parts of the chart where they just tell, these, tell us these really unique gifts that we have. And I wanted more info on that. And I couldn't really find that much more info on that. Even after I'd taken trainings on becoming a reader, like the descriptions I were given were very vague or very short. And so I kind of went on my own mission to um, research every single gate and every single channel. <laughs> and I created a whole human design reader resource for both people who want to be readers and people who just want it for their own personal use, you know, and that's something that um, I have available to people, but it, that includes an entire guide to gates and channels. And I found that other people were just as interested in the gates as I was, and they were also struggling to find those resources. So that's why I created my resource. It's also why I like to talk about the gates on my Instagram, on my social media channels, because um, it's just so much fun and people are so curious about them. And so what I've been doing, what you're referencing on my Instagram is um, I talk about each of the solar transits each week. Mm -hmm. And so the sun kind of moves through each of the 64 gates within a year. And when it does that, it kind of activates it for all of us. So we all get to kind of sample each of the gates and the powers okay. of them throughout the year. And what I've done on my Instagram is talk about how we can leverage the energy of the current solar transit through each gate, right? Um, for abundance, right? Because everything in our chart can be used in every area of our life, including money. So I'm just kind of connecting the dots for people between like, here's which gate is activated for everyone right now by the sun. And here's how we use it. Oh, I love to that. call in more abundance, right? Like here's kind of how we can focus that energy for wealth. Okay. So, and so there's 64 yeah. gates total. Mm -hmm. Yep. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. much, so many layers to it. It's just so fascinating to me. It so is. you and do example, human design readings for people as well as, mm -hmm. okay. I figured that. I out. just, I just recently reopened them. I took about a year off from doing readings after when I was pregnant and when I had my first child, just because I was so exhausted mm -hmm. <laughs> as a projector, I was like, I don't have the energy to do these calls right now, but I just reopened them. And um, we've started booking out. We're almost booked out for the next two months, but that's, it's such a fun thing where I, I do readings, either general readings or readings for entrepreneurs. Um, and it's always fun to see what comes up, but usually I like to touch on at least a couple gates for people. Um, just because, you know, for example, I saw you had, you know, I believe you had your gate 28 defined, which is very much the gate of timing. And it's the gate of knowing kind of intuitively when the right time is to act, when you're going too fast, too slow, when things just feel off intuitively timing wise and knowing that you need to shift either speed up or slow down. Right. And talking about how we can use that in business or use that in terms of finances, right. And how you can kind of leverage that superpower. And that's, that's the beautiful thing about the gates is that everyone has different configurations of them. Everyone has different combinations of them, but they're all, a lot of them are things that we wouldn't necessarily value or under or, or consciously connect the dots of how can I use this in my business or use this with money. Right. But it is things like that where you have, you probably have a very innate sense of timing and you're just intuitively very good with timing. If you know how to listen to that gift. Mm -hmm. um, but that's something that you probably weren't consciously taught to value, right? Growing right. Up. No, that's true. I would say that's very true of me. Um, I, I mostly seem to be at the right, right place at the right time mm -hmm. when it comes yeah. to anything, whether it be starting my business or buying a home across the country or having a right. baby or all. Yeah. It's all yeah. very intuitive. So that makes sense. Yeah. It's super yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And that's something that you get to value and then consciously leverage in your business. And you get to trust when you feel like the time is off of something, you get to trust that because you go, Oh, I'm, I have an intuitive sense of time. Okay. Something's off here. Does it feel better to speed up? Does it feel better to slow down? What, what can I tweak? Right. So that the timing feels correct. And it's learning to really, to really, you know, trust that and to value it. And also there's ways, you know, you can bring that into your marketing and into your, you know, what you offer and the different services you offer, the different products you provide, right? It's like, you can bring these little gifts that we have with these gates in some way into most things that we do. Mm -hmm. um, and it's really learning to be conscious of the, the strengths that you have that maybe you didn't really know were strengths, right? Mm -hmm. and, and strategically employing them to, to help you build the success and the wealth that you desire. Wow, I love that. Um, so tell me more. So tell me more about the, um, I just have a couple more questions. I promise the authority. Um, I find, you know, the authority and then the profile, those two pieces. So the authority is a pretty big piece of human design, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That combines with your type to kind of tell you more about yourself. Um, I'm an emotional authority. 
mm-hmm. which yeah. I don't know. I didn't initially resonate with that. I was like, I don't know. Am I an emotional 40? <laughs> Cause if I had to guess, I would have thought it would be like gut feeling. So, you know, yeah. everyone always resonate with everything they see in their profile right away. Or they're sometimes like, I don't know. <laughs> no, there, there are sometimes yeah. it's like, I don't know. And a lot of it's because we're kind of, cond- sometimes I'll say, if you don't resonate, double check your birth time. So maybe you have yeah. the wrong birth time. <laughs> Second of all, if, if you have the right chart in the right birth time, I'd say it's usually because we've, we've kind of been conditioned to not look at these parts of ourselves or to kind of shove things down or to ignore things. And especially so an emotional authority, just so everyone's on the same page, authority is how we are designed to make decisions. Each of us has a unique decision-making process. People in, in our energy type is how we kind of are meant to engage with other people, how we're meant to kind of exchange energy with the world around us. So these two things together, energy type and authority, makes up about like what it takes for like 90% ish of living your design is based mm-hmm. on these two things. Everything else, the gates, all that stuff it can be very powerful. But if you're not using your, your energy type strategy and your authority to kind of navigate life, those other gifts aren't really going to do much for you. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, when it comes to authority, this is all about how we make decisions and the emotional authority is actually the most common authority in human design about half of the po- There's seven different authorities about half of the population has the emotional authority. And then the other authorities are kind of like become less and less common as you kind of go down through the hierarchy of them. Um, but so with the emotional authority, so many people have it and what it means, generally speaking, there's a couple different variations of it, but generally speaking, it means that you'll kind of naturally have these high and low emotional states that have nothing to do with anything external to you. They're not dictated by any external events. It's just sometimes you feel high and sometimes you feel low. Sometimes you feel happy. Sometimes you feel sad, right? And it's just, that's just how it is. And everyone has a different kind of unique wave with it, depending on what your chart looks like. Um, But it ultimately just means that it's kind of, I, I like to tell people the emotional authority helps you know what the right timing is for you to act in. Because when you're feeling really emotionally high or really emotionally low, that is not the time to make any big decisions in your life or in your business or with your finances, because you're going to have an emotional charge around it. Right. But when you get to that emotionally neutral space, that's the time to then I like say, check in with your secondary authority for you. It looked like you had a secondary splenic authority, which is all intuition. Mm -hmm. And it's just checking in with that secondary authority and saying, okay, what feels correct or exciting or right for me now, right? Um, Now that I'm at this neutral space and I can actually hear that inner guidance, right? So the emotional authority is interesting because it's the most common, but it's sometimes feels the most confusing that people are the most limiting. But I like to say, this is not only guiding you to what the right decision is. That's what you can hear when you're at that neutral point. point. It's also guiding you to the exact right timing to tap Mm -hmm. into that inner guidance because it's telling you, oh, you're emotionally high right now don't make those big decisions or you're emotionally low right now, don't make those big decisions, right? And when you do that, it's kind of like this protective element where you're really protected against making decisions at the inopportune time, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's just, it's, it's just this beautiful, I think the emotional authority is beautiful where it's just this divine guidance in a way of like, this isn't the right time to make this decision or this isn't the right time to act, right? And it really just kind of gives you almost this double layer of guidance that the rest of us who don't have the emotional authority, we just know what the right, move is right Right. when we listen to our authority it's not necessarily always the right timing especially if we don't have our gate 28 defined like you do as well so (laughs) well it's also I think a reminder not to make decisions under pressure because I know in the past I may have made decisions I maybe I wasn't aware what my emotions were at the time but sometimes Mm -hmm. when we're put under pressure especially in our society you know to to Mm -hmm. make a decision quickly are this type is like no I need time I need to get off emotional high or low and some people some people really need that time and they get so much more clarity. Um, people with the emotional authority and also reflectors mm-hmm. will both those, those configurations will make so much more aligned and better decisions when they are given the time to do it in the space. Also MGs to a degree, because they often need to kind of double check with themselves mm-hmm. to make sure they're really invested in something. Um, however, it's interesting because for me as a projector, I'm not, I have my root my spleen and my heart defined and they're all connected. So it's, I have a single definition, which means all of my defined energy centers are all connected. Mm -hmm. And it means they all talk to each other pretty instantaneously. And my authority is that splenic authority, which is that in the moment, intuitive guidance of what's healthy and what's not and what's safe. And so for me, actually, it, it actually helps me to make decisions under pressure in a way that's why I have a lot of the most clarity Mm -hmm. and I perform really well under pressure because I have that defined root center. So it's interesting because we, this is just a great example of how for you, you do have that root center connected to your spleen when I was looking at your chart, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah. But um, 
so you still know kind of instantaneously, but it's going to be completely determined when that knowing comes through is going to be completely determined for you by that emotional wave. Mm -hmm. And so you would, you will absolutely benefit when you can have that time to get that to that neutral state and then check in. Mm -hmm. Um, but for me, it's, I have a different configuration as a projector. So for me, even though I'm a projector, I have a different authority and I make decisions completely differently. Right. And so this is why I love human design because it gives us that permission to function differently and it doesn't make anyone right or wrong because we're all designed differently. And this is why our society's approach to work and to business and to money is so in a way, you know, limiting because it, it usually doesn't take into account all of our different strengths and the way we all function differently under pressure or function differently with our emotions or, you know, all these things that can yeah. either help or hinder us. Yeah. I had an old boss and I'm in, we couldn't have been more different in terms of how we communicated. And she used oh. to make decisions like that, like split second mm. decisions. And she would expect me to make a decision, you know, on the spot yeah. with her right in front of me. And she would right. also want to talk everything out right there on the spot. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I would want to go back and sit with it and give myself a day and write it out. Yeah. And just, we did not work well together. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I wish I could have um, discovered human design then, or at least asked her what her birth time and where she right. was born to see, because it would have helped me better understand our relationship. I think now I can look back. Yeah. And go, oh, yeah, that's why, because we are really different. Um, it, but really it really does. And people. Yeah. Yeah, it really does. It, it, I think it honestly creates more compassion and more understanding. And it and it is something where, and it's fine because I have an upcoming masterclass on this in my my human design headquarters membership, but. <laughs> in about like a week or two, we're doing a masterclass on human design and relationships mm -hmm. for like all relationships, working relationships, you know, um, romantic relationships, all that stuff. But ultimately the interesting thing is it's like, once you understand how someone else works and understand that they, they operate differently from you. And it's not because they're not driven like you are, or they want the same goals. It's just that they are completely wired a different way. And when you understand what that is, it can completely shift the way that you work together, the way that you interact. And it's, it's interesting because I have some team members in my business now and my social media manager is an emotional manifester. And so I know that he'll work in spurts when he feels like it and on no schedule he doesn't you know he doesn't have any sort of structure routine in his schedule and he'll sometimes be doing things at two in the morning or at one in the afternoon right it's like and I'm like and so and I know also that with that emotional wave it's it's going to be something where he needs to be making the big decisions that he makes in his role in his own time and so it's something where we we discuss things ahead of time and I because i can work well under deadlines that I self-impose with my defined root center. I set deadlines for myself to get him whatever stuff he needs from me a week or two in advance of when he actually needs it so that then he has that spaciousness to get things done when it feels right for his, his energy. Right. And so that that's how we operate. But then I also have my online business manager and she does so much in my business, but she's a generator and she's a sacral generator. So I know for her, as long as I, and we'll, we'll often sit there on calls and we'll talk things out. We'll both get really excited about it and get her energy excited. And then she'll go and do all of these things on the back end, right. Mm -hmm. And do all this stuff and set up all the systems and coordinate with all these people and stuff. And she can just go and go and go because she's so excited about the project we're working on. Right. And so it's like the understanding, the motivation for people and how to motivate team members, how to motivate the people you're working with. Right. That can all be so powerful. And it's something that it's just when we understand whether it's through human design or some other, you know, Myers-Briggs or whatever other personality kind of tool you want to use or spiritual tool you want, tool you want to use, as long as we have a way to remind ourselves that everyone works differently, everyone functions differently, everyone has different goals, everyone has different, you know, gifts, especially, that's when we find so much more grace and compassion and also just value for mm -hmm. people and for ourselves. And I think we, and, and in terms of money and abundance and finances, you know, we all bring in money in different ways. We have different gifts mm -hmm. and we attract money in different ways. And I'm sure you've learned that with all the different, working with all yeah. the different types. Yeah. What else, what other offerings do you have besides the human design <laughs> uh, readings? I know you mentioned an Oracle deck and some other fun things. So let's chat about this for a minute. Um, I almost feel like an MG sometimes when I look at all the things, but it's because I've built this team that helps me build everything out. So um, the best ways I think to work with me for the human design side of things is I um, highly recommend 
there's a couple different places you can start. I have um, a free program called Unfuck Your Finances, where it focuses on the main blocks per your human design that you can kind of work through around money. Um, so if you go to tailoredincoaching.com slash freebies, you'll see that there as well as money rituals free program, which deals more with the energy centers. And it kind of is a little more in depth. Um, from there, the, there's programs that it'll, I'll talk about in those free offers that you can, you know, more paid things where we go even deeper. Um, and then I have my human design headquarters membership, which um, right now is $11 a month. It's going, it's actually doubling in price in the next couple of weeks, but that's something where if you go to tailoringcoaching.com slash human design HQ, we talk about all different sorts of things, including human design and money, but it's all, all things human design. Um, and that's where I'm starting to release more exclusive master classes and trainings, um, including one coming up on human design and relationships. Um, and then also, like you said, I have an Oracle deck coming out. It doesn't relate to human design, but it's all around money and spirituality because it's an Oracle mm -hmm. deck, right? But it's all around money mindset. It's called the wealthy woman Oracle. So wealthywomanoracle.com. Um, and we are about to open up pre-order hopefully in the next month. Um, but this is a deck where it's, it's very much something that's in keeping with what you, what the whole goal of this podcast is mm -hmm. that exploring that intersection of money and spirituality and really in a lot of ways a lot of the same messaging I have in my human design work carries mm -hmm. over into this of you know learning to trust yourself learning to approach money in a much more nurturing way in a much more supportive way rather than viewing it as this kind of cold toxic thing that we're kind of trained to look at money as right and so it's kind of in my mind, a paradigm shift with how we view money, but also having an Oracle deck specifically around abundance for women so that, you know, we That's can do so this. Amazing. Yeah. Cause it's so. just, it's something where I'm like, what decks around money are out there? And then oh, not that many. And yeah. so I was like, I'll create one, which is apparently a theme for me. Yeah, <laughs> like, well, I'm, I'm definitely going to pick that one up because I think that is much needed for women. And it sounds like it's your gear towards women, which is even better. That's yeah. what, you know what this podcast is all about. And so I will definitely plug that because I want to get it myself to check it out. And yeah, um, yeah it's, it's just very much in alignment with what I'm doing. And I think, like you said, there is a paradigm shift happening right now mm -hmm. with women and money. Yeah. And it's really exciting. And we need more people like you and me out there talking about mm -hmm. it in more, you know, expansive ways, um, not the old ways, you know. And so yeah. it's, it's really amazing everything you're doing. And thrilled to have you on the podcast it's been a really fun chat time has flown <laughs> yes well thank you for having me this is so fun and I know we could go on and on but yes yeah it's really fun it's great to meet you and I really appreciate you coming on I know you're busy yeah. and you've got a team and I'm very blessed to um that it aligned with you and you you yeah. want to hop on and chat wow what a powerful conversation around how we can use human design to really transform our lives in whatever area we most need it. Thank you, Taylor, so much for coming on. And I am really, really looking forward to your Oracle deck because there's nothing like that out there right now. And I don't know, I think to be able to wake up in the morning and sit in meditation and you know pick some cards from time to time from a deck around money is really valuable and helpful for those of us who are often struggling with fear. So... I'm going to give you guys a quick energetic update today. I'm just wondering how everybody's doing and I wanted to give a little PSA because the energy is so interesting right now. It's dense in some ways, it's light in some ways. The veil is thinning so much and I don't know if you guys are feeling this or not, so I want to kind of dive into that for a moment. Just this distinct separation and polarity happening on a global scale. It's ramping up big time. And if you have any question about that, just pull up some of the major mainstream news channels, CNN, Fox, MSN, whatever. They're all owned by the same people, by the way. Um, and just kind of start to pay attention to the narratives that are going on. There's so much separation being fostered right now. So it's really important for us to stay neutral whenever possible. It's okay to have opinions, but staying neutral and in our lane and just able to have this bird's eye view, the view of the eagle, not the mouse can really help us get through these times. This, these are crazy times that we're experiencing and you might be feeling insomnia, problems with sleeping. You might have crazy dreams. You might be seeing things in daily life or feeling a darkness. Um, 
I did a really powerful protection meditation last night with a small group of women that I'm working with in an embodiment class. And it was really, oh, really refreshing for us because I think we need protection in these times. And um, intuitively, I think you know what you need. If you really sit with yourself and ask, what do I need in this moment? You may find that your body needs more support. Um, certain organs need more support. Um, we have to be loving with ourselves instead of trying to push our bodies during these times because we are experiencing major upgrades, but also dark energy that's trying to infiltrate the light. Um, is it going to work? No. But if you're caught up in fear, if you're caught up in the sensationalism of what's going on in mainstream media, it's really easy to miss the point of what's happening right now, this greater ascension and rebirth that's happening in the world, this transformation of sorts. I expect it to get really volatile and intense over the next few months because we have to fall apart in order to transform. Our systems are going to continue to fall apart. I'm talking about the financial systems too here. I don't think we are remotely at the bottom of this market. I think we're going to experience some really severe volatility in the next six months that is going to make what's already happened pale in comparison. And that's not to scare you, okay? There's no need to be afraid of that because you are protected and loved and supported and you're safe. But just to be aware of what may be coming, of what we may be experiencing so that you can just observe and know that you are taken care of. It's hard for me too, I promise. I wanna know, I wanna know exactly what is going to happen, but it's not for us to know, it's for us to trust. Taylor Eaton about human design and um, I will chat with you guys next week. Thanks for listening to the podcast, friends. If you are enjoying it, I would greatly, greatly appreciate a like, a share, a subscribe, a review. Reviews are especially helpful for people to find me. So if you're enjoying this, I would greatly appreciate any of those. And I look forward to chatting with you next week.